previously on Truth and Justice. And so it just it just seems like a whole heck of a lot of coincidences, and I know how you feel about coincidences. It's a great lead, and I think you should pursue it vigorously. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good men and women around the world who want to make a difference. The engagement and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. But the only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. We have moved faster in Jesse Eldridge's case than we ever have in any other case in the past. It has taken us less than four months to prove that Jesse Eldridge is innocent and to find the witnesses that very well may set him free. But as all of you know, that is only half the battle. Jesse's actual innocence is in the hands of Allison Clayton with the Innocence Project of Texas and Cynthia Garza with the Dallas County Conviction Integrity Unit. As Allison and Cynthia work together to determine the best path forward for Jesse, our job is to continue searching for justice for Kiao. And when we're dealing with a 26-year-old cold case, the best course of action at this point is to find the person that knows something. I believe that this attack was carried out by more than one person. And as you begin with those offenders, you start working concentric circles out, which ends up being a large number of people that in fact do know who killed Kiao Gove. The trick is finding the place to start, to find the person that's willing to talk and open up or even to find the person that will lead you to the person who's willing to talk. And that's what I've been doing for the last week, reaching out to person after person after person, trying to narrow ourselves down to the witnesses that know what happened to Kiao Gove. In today's episode, you're going to come along with me on my journey trying to find the someone who knows something. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Frigo. What is Frigo, you ask? Frigo are the underwear that you wish you had. Their products include underwear and undershirts. My personal favorite are the Frigo Cool Max underwear. Now, all of their underwear have this really cool system to keep you cool and to keep everything where it's supposed to be. Their products are made out of their Cool Max lycra material that transports moisture away from your body. And then the underwear come with an adjustable pouch that's designed for comfort and to create some separation for airflow to keep you cool. Some of the investors in Frigo include NBA star Carmelo Anthony, record producer Timbaland, and rapper 50 Cent. These underwear are made for comfort, and they've thought of everything. Just as an example, on the bottom of the legs of their Coolmax underwear, there's a silicone tape strip that keeps the underwear from riding up your leg. I have to admit, as awkward as it is to be talking about underwear on the podcast, I have to say these are the most comfortable underwear that I've ever worn. 
So you should definitely check them out. And you can do that by going to iwearfrygo.com. Now that's iwearfrygo is F-R-I-G-O.com. That's iwearfrygo.com. And use my promo code TRUTH and they're going to give you 25% off. One more time to check them out with a 25% discount, go to iwearfrygo.com and use my promo code TRUTH. Before we get started with the journey of this week's investigation, I want to begin the show today by updating you all on a Kenneth Ray Williams development. Last month, Kenneth Ray Williams came up for parole and his parole was granted. He has now been transferred into a nine-month rehabilitation program, and after that, he will be released back into society. I am still working on getting more details about Williams' offenses, but considering that I still don't have my open records request back from the Dallas PD, and in fact, just this week, they filed a request to the Attorney General in an attempt to deny me access to their file, I'm thinking that by the time I would get anything back on Kenneth Ray Williams, we'll be halfway through our next case by then. But nonetheless, expect an episode in the near future following up on Mr. Williams. And we will discuss this in a little more detail in this week's Friday follow-up. But for right now, let's get started and move forward with our journey into this week's investigation. I keep seeing comments on Twitter, Facebook, and in our emails from listeners who believe that Kiao's case is a lost cause. While we have the evidence that should set Jesse free, it's just been too long ago to find the real killer or killers. I hear things like, it's hopeless or it's impossible. In today's episode, I'm about to show you the power of a grassroots crowdsourced investigation. You see, we have something that the police never had. We have reach. In 1991, the police did not have the ability to enlist the help of hundreds of thousands of people who could all reach out and find the someone who knows something. I've been saying for weeks that we're at the point in this investigation where we have to find the people who know what happened. And the way that we do that is by finding people who may have been close to the case at its starting point and then following the leads right back to Kiao's killer. Just a few weeks ago, listener John from Dallas messaged me. He said that he and his girlfriend, Crystal, had been having dinner with Crystal's mom, and they asked her if she knew anything about the case. Sylvia, that's Crystal's mom's name, had worked at Spruce High School at some point, and so they thought they'd go ahead and ask her. Sylvia did, in fact, remember the case, and agreed to speak with me on the record. Now, it's taken a few weeks for us to connect, but in the meantime, I was able to track down a few more witnesses. On my last trip to Texas, I was able to hook up with a librarian who connected me with a basketball coach who sent me to speak with Miss Cortez. And then Miss Cortez reached out to Miss Judy Porter who gave me the phone number to Miss Constance Jackson. Remember way back from episode 302 that Constance was Kiao's supervisor in the school kitchen. She was actually one of the people that I asked for someone to help me find. Well, by following this string of leads, Earlier this week, I was finally able to get on the phone with Constance Jackson. Were you one of the people that, that saw Kiel walking around the track that morning around the school? No, I didn't see her. I, I just knew she walked every morning, every evening. You guys worked together in the cafeteria? Uh, yes, I was the cafeteria manager then. I guess a good a good start would be, we don't know a whole, you know, because her husband is, has passed away. We don't know a whole lot about uh, Kiao herself. Like, what do you remember about her just as in general as a person and working with her? 
anything you ever want to know. Beautiful person. She was. It was just really hard to understand as long as she walked and, you know, all the years that she walked around through, you know, that something like this would really happen. Because, you know, well, sometimes she would walk with one of my neighbors stay on the next street. And uh, I guess they weren't walking together that morning. But I didn't know anything had happened to Dr. Tucky called me. Dr. Tucky, that was the principal, right? Yes, uh-huh. And I don't know how he found out. I don't know whether he was at the school that morning or whether somebody, you know. Yeah, so what had happened was she had she was walking around the school and um so several so summer school was in session that morning and i think there was like four different employees that that waved at her that saw her walking by as you know mm-hmm. during the morning activities and then right about the time the bell rang they saw the ambulance and the fire truck and the police cars on the other end of the grounds and mr um tucky ran he ran over there along with uh, i think mr randy potite was he the the he was oh the, yeah uh-huh yeah, they ran over to see what had happened, and so they, you know, that's how that's how he found out. Okay, because but by the time I got up and got around there, they had already removed her. Oh, so you were down there that day, but just after she was gone. Just after she was gone, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you do you remember any? Was there any talk around the school? Did it? Was there any rumors going around as far as anybody who thought they might have known what happened? Did you ever hear anything like that? No, I really didn't. Did it was just just a mystery. Uh, we just thought maybe it was somebody that had been watching her, you know, walk every morning and every evening. And she was doing that for years, though. But you know, with so many people in and out over in the apartments, and then they had you know a lot of those homes. I think that was rented out. You know, we just never knew. But do you remember her ever talking about? being concerned about anybody watching her or ever like carrying a weapon with her or anything like that? No. And I, I don't think Keo ever took anything with her, just a key. Okay. Just always carried her keys with her. That's, that's about I, I, all I would think she would, you know, would have, I don't even think she carried, uh, even a stick. Okay. So did you live right there in that same neighborhood? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so did you, did you ever walk with Kia? No, I never did walk with Kia. I couldn't keep up with her. <laughs> she was in pretty good shape, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. No, I never did walk with her. But it was, she was, I think, maybe two or three years before uh, uh, we heard that someone had been arrested for her murder. Yeah, that's it was exactly right. It had been... Three years, actually. Uh, the Three years. Well, I know it was a long time before. Uh-huh. It didn't take long to find out that Constance, or Connie as she likes to be called, didn't really have any useful information for me. That is, information about the crime itself. Although I did really enjoy speaking to someone who knew Kiao personally. Not Kiao the victim, but Kiao the person. The beautiful person, as Connie described her. Connie and I continued chatting about nothing in particular for another 10 minutes or so. Before we got off the phone, I asked if she might be able to put me in contact with a few other people that I've been searching for. One person in particular, Kiao's close friend and co-worker, 
Loretta Smith. Loretta is a name that has come up over and over again in Royster and Watts' investigative notes. Who was that? Oh, another one was a, was there a, a Coretta or a Loretta Smith? Uh, yeah, Loretta. Loretta was the cook. Did you ever have any contact with her anymore? Oh, yeah. I, I, I keep up with Loretta. Is there any chance I might be able to get like a phone number for her from you? Okay, let me see. Look, um, matter of fact, I talked to Loretta when was that last week. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, she had a heart attack. Oh, no. Is she all right? Uh, uh, yes, she's doing okay. Uh, okay, Loretta, Loretta, Loretta. I need to get put my glasses on. I can't <laughs> see this little writing on this phone. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have 469. I got Loretta's phone number from Connie and then thanked her for her time. Our chat really reminded me so much of my discussions with my grandma Barong. Nana had that same calm, almost soothing cadence to her voice, just like Connie. But as much as I enjoyed the conversation, it was time to move on to my next call. My conversation with Loretta got off to a bit of a bumpy start. Not only did I get her name wrong, but I'm pretty sure she thought that I was a solicitor. Oh, hello? Hi, is this Loretta? Loretta, hello. Who is it? Uh, my, my name. No, is... this is not Loretta. Oh, um, is is Miss Smith around? I beg your pardon. Uh, is is Loretta Smith around? I, this my name is Bob Ruff, and Constance Jackson, uh, gave me this phone number for Loretta Smith. I don't know no Loretta Smith. Uh, What's wrong with Constance Jackson? Uh, nothing's wrong Constance with Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Connie Jackson gave me the number. There's another. Eventually, wrong with we got things straightened out. Once Loretta, now Christopher, realized that I was calling about our friend Kiao, she was ready to talk. My good friend, we was real, real close. You and Kiao. Real Ke- close. Well, you know what, uh, yeah. Loretta, that is a great place to start um, for us. Can you can you just describe Kiao for me? Like, what what was she like since uh, you guys were so close? You couldn't have loved a better person. You couldn't have loved a better person. She was just sweet, kind, and just gentle. Just gentle. You wouldn't trade her in for the world. She'd do anything for anybody. She was the sweetest she could be. Wouldn't do no harm to nobody. She wouldn't even kill a fly. She wasn't no flirty, nothing, or nothing like that. She was just in love with her husband and her kids. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit? Did, did you know uh, Kenneth and Kirby or just through through her? Through her, what, her son? Your son and her husband, yeah. Did you meet them? Yeah, I, I went there at times that they had parties and stuff. But her son, he mostly stayed in school a lot. Yeah, she did, had a good relationship with them. Did you were, you were you around Ken at all after the murder? I know that you know a lot of people said he had he was having a really still around to, to her husband. Yeah, I went over a couple of times. He had a a barbecue or something, and I went over a couple of times. Then some old coworkers, he had something like something in in memorial for her. Oh, a barbecue and memoriam for for Kiao. Yeah, something like a seafood seafood deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had heard from uh, someone. I just I just spoke to a Miss Cortez uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she. You know, you know who that is out out in the uh, the buildings behind the school. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, and she was she was yeah. telling me that that Ken actually kept walking that route around that school every single morning. Well, see that same morning. I was supposed to meet with Kio. Me and her was supposed to walk because I was uh, come from out to a friend of mine, and I used to would meet her and walk around with her. 
But that morning, I had something to do, and I didn't get a chance to meet her. And uh, so by me not get a chance, when I got old, tried to go see about my little niece, my sister just had a baby, so I went there, and I can't even remember what day it was. And I and uh, I went for this sitting with my sister because she was sick, and she couldn't see after her baby. So when I got to my sister's house, that's when Miss Jackson had called me and told me about, you know, what had happened to you because she walked there every day, every day, faithful to walk. Yeah, that's... And, you know, at a certain time, she would go, and she would go that morning, then she'd come to work, you know, never bothered nobody or nothing like that. So you were you were supposed to walk with her that morning, but if I, I hear right that you, were, you said you had a brand new baby niece and you were you were dealing uh-huh. with that. So she me, yeah, she told me, she said, Loretta, because I was telling Loretta, you come to work? Well, for me, and I told her I, I was, but then my sister called me where I couldn't come. <laughs> So I had to go see about my sister's baby because she was tired of, you know, polling. She couldn't see after. And other than that, that's when Miss Jackson called me and they told me what had happened. And and I know she walked every morning at the same time. And then I left it after I found out what happened. They uh they had first had a had a husband all lined up for it and everything because I whatever they were saying. But I went to the to his job, but the police had already came through and got him. Uh, oh, so you went to his job looking to to go find Ken? Yes, I went to his job right here off of uh, 75 where he was working at. Did you walk, so it was on a Thursday when this happened. Did did you walk with her during that week prior, earlier in that week? No, I, I didn't walk that week because I had seen her like the day before, two days or something before, and she told me, come walk with me in the morning. And I told her I would, but I didn't get a chance to. Oh, okay. Had you, did you ever actually walk with her on, on other occasions? I walked a couple of times, like on lunch sometimes, the kids was testing. Me, her, and my boss lady, we would just all walk around the school, you know. Right, right. That night about lunchtime, but see, she walked early in the morning. Sometimes it wouldn't even be right daylight yet, but she would start out, you know, walking. Mm-hmm. Did, um, uh, was it, uh, did, when you, you said you spoke with her shortly, be- you know, within a few days before that. Do you remember yeah. ever saying anything to you about being ups, you know, upset or worried about somebody following her or bothering her or anything like that? No. A long time ago, I know she used to tell me about a neighbor. Was, when she would come home, some neighbor lady used to would be trying to come over to her house. When she got home and the neighbor lady would be there or something, and she told her she didn't want her at her house while she wasn't home. Right, so nobody, nobody bothering her on her walk, just that deal with the neighbor lady. No, because she would, she would automatically say it scared me. You know, something scared her. She would let you know right off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Her son, her son said that he thought that if you know he, if she was confronted by somebody, that she would, she would be the type that would just run away. She said what? I said her son said that um, she was the her personality was that if she was like confronted by somebody that. You know, she wasn't the type to fight. She was more likely to just run away. No, 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 no. She would, she would, she would leave. She, she never would give no. She wouldn't give no problem. Right. She wouldn't do that. No, she wouldn't give no problem. She would talk to you about it, and she might would come and tell me because me and her talked a lot. Mm-hmm. And she would tell me somebody was doing something, you know. And then that's one time she would tell me about her, her neighbor friend lady was always trying to come over or something to when I when she went home and. She told her she didn't want her over a house while she wasn't at home, you know. 
did you ever know her to to carry uh, a weapon or anything with her when she would walk to like for protection? No, not as I know of. Were you working during summer school, or did you not work till the school year started? No, I didn't work. I didn't work summer school that year. Okay, so when when you got back to school, were, do you know we're we're trying to find out were there any rumors going around around the school among the students or the staff about who they thought might have done it because we're finding. Yeah. It was it was some guy. It was some guy. Supposed to got out the pen, and uh, he he stays right round as you turn the cup. Okay, my, when you go behind, I think it's Grady, the back of the school. Uh huh. Say that he had been, he had been watching her every morning. Some guy. The guy had just pulled out the pen of pancreas, and uh, he was there with his. I think he said his mother was supposed to turn him in. Okay, and this this was the guy you said back like behind Grady Street. I think that is Grady, where she was found. And back there, I think that's Grady Street back there on the back. Yeah, yeah, she was actually found on September on the side of the school. Um, but the way it was on the side, it was on. Okay, see, with the first hall, when you go on the side, all the way down, I forget the name of that hall. When you go down the side, and when you turn down the back, there, it's kind of you know kind of secluded area, real down there in the back. Mm-hmm. And anybody's looking out of the back window and stuff can watch you every day and see you because the other ones are just sideways. But the other ones, you get down on the end, it's kind of, you know, hey, anything goes. Right. And so the so the rumor going around was that somebody was, they just got out of the pen back in that area? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that that actually was one of the one of the suspects. Had you ever heard anything about any um, students or kids or cars or any well, other rumors? Uh-uh, but ever who did it, like they said, now, she walked every morning. She took her keys. Uh-huh. Ever who it was put her keys in the mailbox. Yeah, so it definitely made sense that it was yeah. somebody that knew uh, where she where she yeah. lived. Exactly where she stayed and everything, yeah. The only rumor that Loretta was aware of seems to be regarding either Kenneth Ray Williams or Jesse Eldridge. It's difficult to really narrow down which. She says that the rumor was about a convicted felon who had just got out of the penitentiary, which happens to fit the descriptions of both Jesse and Kenneth Ray Williams, and that he was turned in by his mother. Well, Jesse, as you know, was turned in by his mother and his brother, but then she describes the man as having lived back behind Grady Lane, which is where Williams lived. Personally, after talking to Loretta for over a half an hour, I think that she was referring to Jesse as the subject of her rumors. The rumors seemed to be based on the talk going around after he was arrested. Hence the, quote, he was turned in by his mother. Or she may be combining multiple rumors. In any case, we had a good talk, and Loretta's working on rounding up some more phone numbers for me. Once I got off the phone with Loretta, I was finally able to connect with Sylvia, the woman that I mentioned at the opening of today's episode. My conversation with Sylvia left me with tears running down my cheeks and shivers up my spine. Right after the break... Prior to getting Sylvia on the phone, all I knew about her was that she used to work at Spruce High School and that she said something to listeners John and Crystal about the case that got their attention and prompted them to get in contact with me. So I didn't really know what to expect when I dialed Sylvia's number. Sylvia, you were a substitute teacher at Spruce High School back in 1991 or around there? Yeah, it was around 1990. I was a substitute office clerical person. Okay. 
So I did um, like registrar, attendance, uh, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and so did you know uh, Kiao Go personally? I didn't know her personally. I, I knew who she was because I went to the cafeteria all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, she used to always like set me up. She'd always say, um, and I didn't know like what department or what part she did. I mean, I just kind of, I think she was, she had to do with the um, pastries because that's what she was always telling me about. She was always telling me, oh, I did a wonderful chocolate cake. You're going to love it. Oh, wow. You know, I did this wonderful pie. I know you're going to like it. I set one aside for you. And it will always be like nicer portions. Oh. And so I was always very friendly with um, with staff, staff people, be it custodians or or cafeteria, whoever, because we were all staff. We weren't uh, the professional teachers, but we were all staff. So we kind of all um, helped each other out where we could, you know? Sure, sure. And so that was, I guess, her her part for me, because I was complimented uh, the lunches and the food there. Well, her part for me was always, she'd get me like something, you know, a, a, like if the rolls were cold, she'd tell somebody, no, 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 get her, get her a hot one out of the oven. And, you know, little things like that. Oh, so wow. like I said, I mean, not like I knew whether she was Republican or Democrat. It wasn't like I knew her favorite color. It wasn't like, you know, to each other's houses to eat dinner. Sure. So I can't say I, I knew her, but she was an acquaintance at the very least. Sure, yeah. Um, I just knew she was very pleasant. And when I had heard, uh, the morning that I had heard something had happened over there, and then the next couple of days, the... uh rumors of what I had heard was, it was just horrible. Um, I couldn't believe it because she was just such a nice, sweet, caring person. I couldn't believe that all that had happened to her. And I knew that she jogged every morning because she had said that to me because I had just had my son. Mm -hmm. That's why I know it was around 1990 because my son was born in June of 89. And I know that he was already kind of toddling around. So that's why I'm thinking it was like 90, 91, somewhere in there. Cause he wasn't yet in school, but sure. yet he wasn't brand new born. And yeah. so, and this happened and it was, it was in July of 91. So he'd be just over a year old. Okay. So then that, that sinks in that, that makes sense to me. So now <clears throat> I worked over at Julius Dorsey, which was an elementary school kind of cat a corner. I worked when I wasn't working at Spruce, sometimes I worked at Dorsey and I would do those like back and forth and like summer school, like school year, like whenever I could get any work. Sure. I did that until I got hired on full time. So because I had just had a baby, so I was trying to get regular work. So at any rate, when I had heard what had happened, I know later, like in much later, I had heard that it was a, a sports car. And for some reason, I would say like a white sports car, or white something, I don't know. Camaro, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think what the other car was. Was that from what you've heard, like <sighs> lately? Like that was the later on, on our show. That was or the later was, version. This was back then. But the, y- yes, but later. Okay. It was a later version. My the original thing that I had heard was that it was what we used to call back in the day. We called them boats, and boats were generally a Cadillac, like a Coupe de Ville, uh-huh. or like one of those great big um, Mercuries, or like a big Impala. They were big cars. Okay. We called them boats. But the majority of when we called them a boat, it were they were Cadillacs. Okay. And uh, so I remember people saying at the very beginning that it was a Cadillac and that it was like in the 70s. And for some reason, I want to say 77. So I don't know. 
but that that year sticks out to me that it was a 77 but if it wasn't a 77 that it was in the 70s anyway so this this was, it was these were the rumors that were going around then that these were the first rumors that i had heard yeah okay like the, later it turned from the boat to a sports car and i was like well that wasn't what i heard at first but i did hear that a lot later <laughs> but it was like months later but it was always and, uh, the, the rumor was the, always that there was a car involved oh yeah oh yeah and that it was actual students and what i heard in the very beginning was that it was like some gen- juniors or seniors but it was like mainly seniors and that the car was that had at least three guys in there. at this point i thought that sylvia was reciting back to me what she had heard on the show but as you're about to hear she has never listened to the podcast. What, what I had heard at the beginning was that she was doing her jog around the school and that it was around the back. And let me tell you which side would have been the north east backside. OK, that at the northeast backside that the guys had been kind of following her around and kind of had been yelling at her and saying stuff to her and all that. And then that finally around that north east side that the guys kind of got out and that they were telling her that you know get in the car and let's take a ride and let's do this and they liked her and all that and she didn't want to and that they beat her up right there because they were trying to drag her to the car they were trying to force her in the car and then the rumor the very beginning this was the very beginning rumors was that they they forced her in the car there were some neighbors or somebody that had seen and that they drove her like around the school and then they dropped her off. Like, I guess either it happened or it didn't happen because she was fighting so much, but that they kind of kicked her out of the car, but that she was very, very weak. And they say she crawled, but that the boys kind of, when they threw her out of the car, that they, uh, I don't know if they just kicked her or they hit her with their fist, but at that time, what I remember was more that there was brutality. And then they, because people started to see that lived around the school and they started, like they got scared, like they started maybe thinking, uh oh, like people are now watching. So they got into the car, which again, from what I remember everybody saying was they got into the caddy and they drove off for the boat. And then they drove off. And so that they thought, she was alive, but then it turned out later, well, if she was alive, it was only for a little while because she crawled and then died. Wow. But then months later, I heard, no, it was a sports car. And I said, well, I never heard anything about a sports car. And everybody said, yeah, it's that it's a Camaro or, or that it was a Mustang or some, something that, that was popular back then. And I said, well, no, I, I didn't hear that. I heard that it was um, that it was a Cadillac or like a big Mercury or something or an Impala. And everybody was like, well, that it might have been. And, <clears throat> but it was light colored because that was the one thing that kind of did stay. Because at first they were saying it was white or beige. And then at the end they were saying it was white. So I said, well, it was light colored then because at least that part stayed the same throughout the year. Sure. So – and. Uh, so the the big question for me is if if I can if I can hold you there for just a second. Sure. This was all you were hearing going back to you heard about the boat and that whole story you just told me. This is what was going around the school right then like right after it happened. Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, right after it happened because my babysitter lived right between Dorsey and Spruce. 
Okay. So my babysitter was actually maybe a block, half a block from where all this happened. Okay. And I remember, of course, my babysitter doesn't live there anymore, but I remember my babysitter was one of the people that was telling me what the neighbors were saying. Because she was telling me, Miss Sylvia, you have to be very careful. And she said, Miss Sylvia, you know, you've got to take care. And because I would walk sometimes from Dorsey over to Spruce for something or from Spruce over to Dorsey for something. Because mm-hmm. Dorsey was the elementary school since I subbed at both of them, whoever needed my help. Right. And the babysitter was kind of concerned. And she said, you know, you have to be very careful and you have this baby to take care of. So I do remember that it was a big car because I remember whenever I would have to walk across there, I would look around kind of the big cars. I would kind of. You know, be a little more cut when I'd see a big car. That's why I thought, well, later the rumors of it being a small car or a sports car, I thought, well, that wasn't what I recall at the beginning. But then later, like I said, everybody saying, no, 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 it was it was a sports car. And I thought, well, I mean, that's strange. I said, because about a year ago when it was closer to time when all this happened, I never heard anything about a small car or a sports car or nothing. Everybody talked about it was a big boat. Now, do you think that that any of these rumors came from like students at the school talking about all that or was it just people from the neighborhood it was the people that actually lived all around there because my my babysitter was older so she didn't have any kids that went to that school she just was talking to the neighbors and then i talked to some of the neighbors as i would go over there i'd see some of them and they'd come over and then they'd tell me you know miss sylvia you have to be careful because you worked at that school sure and i would tell them i know i know i'm trying to be careful well, can, can I can I ask you a question real quick, and I, sure. just to clarify some of this before we go much further, Sylvia, have you have you listened to the Truth and Justice podcast at all? No. The reason I'm asking you that is because we've been working for uh, going on four months now, and this investigation, and we have finally come to the point where our working theory is, and this doesn't come from anything that we just heard from you that there was a white car that abducted her and drove her around the corner and kicked her out. And oh, that, my God. And that was never what was disclosed back then. So when you were just telling me that, it was giving me shivers, and I was wondering, well, is she repeating back oh what she Oh, my God, heard? yeah, you just... Oh, my God, yeah, you just gave those to me. So, like, what you Whoa. just described is is exactly what i think happened that's what yeah so i think we're just we're, we're kind of uh oh my god both spreading goose pimples back and forth right now because that was that's and that's what i'm wondering where it, yeah because see i didn't know if that was all true or not because i didn't see the car i i'm just telling you what the rumor was then but i didn't even know if it was close or not well well what that tells Holy me is crap. that I think we're very likely on the right trail here. And so, so so to be clear, the rumor that you were hearing then, right after this happened, was that she was abducted by some, some guys in a white car uh, and and then was driven around the block and then kicked out and then she crawled and died. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah, because later the rumor was that that um, that they had done whatever they did and that they dumped her body. And I was like, no, that wasn't what I heard in the beginning. And everybody, like I say, a year later, the whole story seemed like it wanted to change. But I stick to no, because when it first happened, it stunned me so much. I thought, I'm not going to forget this. And even though, yeah, I probably have forgotten some tidbits, but some of it I don't forget because the part of her crawling made me sick that somebody could just leave her like that and that she crawled her last moments. I mean, that was... 
now was horrible to me to think that nobody helped her because she was a very kind lady. And so that part stuck to me that she crawled. So when people said later they dumped her body somewhere else and I said, no, that wasn't, I wasn't at all what I heard from the neighbors that were right around there at that time. They said, no, they, they kicked her out. There was the word I remember kicking was there, whether they kicked her right instantly out or they kicked her right as they dropped her, but that they kicked her and that she crawled trying to get away from them and that, that they, that they went off laughing. I I would love to be able to figure out at some point where that rumor initiated because I think it's accurate in whoever started that obviously knows what happened you know because that's there were no witnesses around that neighborhood that actually saw the crime occur which tells me that that the only way that rumor gets started is that someone in that car told someone who told someone that ended up you know coming back to these people and the rumor started coming around because no well, but you have to understand and remember the culture back then. Also, um, these were um, the people that were that that were at least that I spoke to. These were undocumented people who were very much in fear of the police. Mm-hmm. Were very much in fear back then, kind of like they are again now. Sure. It's, it's awful, but it's like taking twenty to thirty years to get them to where now they will come forward to the police. Right. And now we've kind of gone backwards again a little bit, but that's how they were back then. With the fear that's starting to spread now, back then they would have said, "Didn't see anything, wasn't there, don't know." Because they don't that's want to. That's what get they involved. would have said. Because they don't want yes, to. Yes, because that was the culture back then with Hispanics that were undocumented. Now they would tell another Hispanic, like myself, but they weren't about to go tell a Hispanic that. Uh, would have any kind of authority. Like if I had been the principal of that school, I would have never heard any of that. But because I was just a, a more lowly staff worker, then it was like, oh, it's okay to tell her she's one of us. Oh, wow. Um, but they would have never told the police. That, that just was not done back then. This is, I'm just, I can't decide if I, if I, if I want to scream or cry right now because everything you're telling me you have no idea how important this conversation you and I are having to the case because, you know, when you're reading documents and just looking at photos and, and, and transcripts, it doesn't tell you the story that you're telling me, which is what life really was then and why yeah. maybe nobody came forward. Be- yeah. My because that's, that, was, that was our experience. Whether we're Hispanics from here, we understood the Hispanics from there. You know, right. Yeah. That were from across the river. We understood their plight. We understood what they went through. So when I would tell them, did you go to the police or did you say something to the police? Well, I understood when they would say, oh, no, no, miss, we can't do that. We we're, we don't have papers. I right. was like, oh, well, yeah, okay. Oh, so good. you understood there because to them, everything they had, the house that they'd saved for to buy, the cars that they bought, everything they'd worked all their lives to finally attain would be gone. Right. Wow. Do you Sorry. by any chance remember or any of the names of those people that you were hearing these rumors from, from way back then? No, but I, I do know that if not all, the majority are gone because, and I say this because uh, I'd say by the time my son was maybe 10, maybe 
by the year 2000 when I went back trying to, I'd say no, no more than 2005, but no earlier than 2000 when I went back to try to talk to the, the lady that used to take care of him. She no longer, the, her family no longer lived there. And I tried to speak to some of the people that were around there that might remember her or remember me. And they were new people. So I was like, right. oh, wow, nobody here knows who the heck I am or yeah, that I've... my son used to be here or anything. So nobody wanted to share anything with me, which, again, is understandably, they didn't know who I was or why I was looking for those people. Right. Yeah, I went and literally knocked on every door in that neighborhood, and no one <laughs> that lives there now lived there back then. And that's why, yeah, I, see? That's why I was wondering if I that's... had any names or anybody that I can try and chase yeah. down to talk to. because Because, no, you're right. You are right, because that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And there was, I'd say that's 10 years ago there. It's like, it's that whole side of that, but there's nobody there original. And the more I tried to probe and, and questioned, um, the more they shut me out. Right. So I was like, well, as our conversation was winding down, Sylvie recalls that she had always assumed that the arrest and conviction were connected to that white car. And here I just, I don't know why I, I just really assumed, um, because, you know, so many years ago, everybody talked about they caught him, they caught him. And I thought, oh, good, you know, and but I never stopped to ask, well, how did they catch him or, you know, what were they? You know, I just assumed everything, you know, was 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 done for lack of a better word, you know, correctly. I mean, I thought they caught the right guys. Right. Was what I thought. And so I never questioned it. And to be honest with you, I just kind of put it to the back of my mind I mean never totally forgetting it because it was horrible and it was close but yet you know I, I guess if I'd ever thought I would have need that maybe I would because like now you know with age we learn a lot now when it's something really bad or or something happens that I even think I might I usually I have a pad and I usually write down all the details and things that I think of mm-hmm. so that later it helps me remember Right. But at that time, I was young still and didn't think about those kind of things. And since they said they caught the person or persons, I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, good. Justice has been served. And right. Kind of just put that to the back of my, my mind. And sure. so when when my daughter and her boyfriend, her boyfriend were talking to me about this and my daughter said, you know, she said, I was telling John that you probably, because you knew a lot of people over there at that time that you might know something then. I was like, okay, well, like what? And then they started telling me. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I started telling him. And then he was like, oh, my God. (laughs) He said, wait, (laughs) you've got to tell this friend of mine all this. And I said, well, I mean, it's common knowledge. Everybody knows it. I don't know any secrets. And he was like, well, you might be surprised. You never know. You never know. You never know that someone you know or something you know may be important. We've said from the very beginning that it seems impossible that in daylight, with all of those houses facing September Road, that no one witnessed Kiao's attack and murder. And as it turns out, by taking this movement to the grassroots, we now know that the attack was in fact witnessed but it was witnessed by undocumented immigrants that were afraid to talk to the police for fear of deportation. 
In a follow-up conversation with Sylvia, I asked her if she by any chance knew Judy Gonzalez or any of that family. She said that she didn't. That was not the source of her information. She said that what she just told us, the story of Kiao being abducted into a white car by a group of high school kids and kicked out on the side of the road as she crawled to her death, was the story that she heard just days after the murder by the Hispanic population that lived in that community. I asked her in a follow-up conversation the names of some of the people that gave her this information. None of these names appear in any of the police reports. And it's our job now to reach out and try to find these people. I believe that the people that committed this awful crime against this wonderful human being are very well aware of what we're doing right now. And if they are aware and they are listening, you need to know that you've gotten away with murder for 26 years because everyone was kept in the dark. But the tide has shifted, and the Truth and Justice Army is coming for you. Truth and Justice is a production of New Beginning Incorporated. Our executive producer is Mike Bussing. Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. I want to thank Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com. I want to thank our transcription team, Sarah Hoyt, Desiree Dunn, and Sarah Mueller. And thanks to Chris Brinkley of SylviaConsultants.com for creating, managing, and maintaining our website. Keep sending us in your thoughts, theories, and ideas to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can send new cases to cases at truthandjusticepod.com. Like the Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at truthjusticepod. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice.